Stay the same or change. It's hard either way. You might as well choose the hard that's in alignment with the life you love. Hello, love. Welcome back to the podcast. Ooh, this week, it twisted and turned in a way that I was not expecting. So I'm coming to you today fresh with a podcast all about change. The launch of this podcast, it sparked a series of events that created a crossroads in my life. Now, I thought I might come to this work on the road at some point in my life, but I really didn't think it would happen this quickly. I'm going to share a little bit more details when the clarity comes. Right now, I'm actually still in the process of living through it. So for now, I wanted to riff on change. When the time comes for a change in life, whether it's a change of identity or geography or relationship or career or lifestyle, it can feel really hard. Change is hard. Now, I don't believe this is true entirely, but I think it's important that we acknowledge that change can be really difficult. Some changes in my life I have made incredibly easy. I'm sure there are changes in your life that have come pretty simply as well. But there are times in life, there are particular changes that can feel really difficult. And I feel like it's important for us to name it in order to tame it. It's a common phrase that we use in psychology. We got to name it to tame it. We got to feel it to deal with it to heal it. So I want to name this dynamic that sometimes change can be hard. Change is an invitation to no longer operate on autopilot. And autopilot can feel really easy and comfortable. It's a request to no longer been who you've always been or do what you've already done. It's, it's this idea that it's time to do something different, to create a new way of seeing and being and believing and feeling and interacting. And this can require effort. Change is hard because of that. It asks us to spend energy, attention, intention, and presence to find a new way of being in the world. So change can be hard, but staying the same can also be hard. Staying the same when it's time for a change can cause us to stay in a place that we no longer belong. It can make us feel trapped in an identity that we've outgrown, or it can cause us to shrink to stay safe. It can force us to live a life that's no longer in alignment with who we are and how we want to live. There's been times in my life when I faced a big change and I honestly wanted to step back from it. I wanted to lean a different way. I wanted to go back to what felt familiar and comfortable and safe. And in those moments, I got honest with myself. And the truth was that staying the same would have actually been harder than changing. When we've gotten used to the way things are, sometimes it's difficult to see the cost of staying the same. As humans, we are highly adaptable. We can make almost any environment work for us. We can adjust to feeling unfulfilled. We can get used to managing resentments. We can accommodate that awkward, uncomfortable, crunchy feeling of being out of alignment. We can become familiar with self-abandonment as a survival strategy. We can continue to do what's always been done, what's always been expected in order to secure safety, love, or belonging. It's easy to underestimate how hard it is to stay the same. So right now, as I'm navigating this change, I'm really looking at the cost and the benefit of staying the same and the cost and the benefit of changing. And I'm realizing that this might be a time for a significant change in my life. So there's some questions that I've been asking myself that also might be helpful for you if you're navigating change. I think that one of the best things we can do for ourselves is to ask good questions. Because when we ask good questions, we get much better answers. 
So here are the questions that I'm reflecting on. What's working and what isn't? What habits are no longer serving me? What dynamics have I outgrown? Whether that's a relationship dynamic or a lifestyle dynamic, a professional dynamic. What value are you no longer willing to live without? These are my favorite questions for navigating this change I'm in right now. And so when we're facing a change, we always have a choice. Will we choose to build new habits or strengthen old ones? Will we choose what we value or what we fear? Will we choose to be intentional or automatic? Will we choose to be proactive or reactive? Will we choose boundaries or resentment? We always have a choice, even when it feels like we don't have a choice. Stay the same or change. It's hard either way. You might as well choose the hard that's in alignment with the life you love. And so in case you are navigating a change, maybe there's a change you're already in or one you've been thinking about making or maybe you're coming up against a difficult decision, I want you to know I'm with you. Let's take a big belly breath together, shall we? Through the course of my career, I've been obsessed with how tragedy can turn us into our truest selves, how it helps us to live a life we love, how it clarifies the love that we want to add to the world. How we process, respond to, and act during these difficult times has a massive implication for what happens next, whether we succumb to the hard thing or whether we surmount it. I'm going to offer up some of my top practices for navigating the wild ride of change. And I want to be clear, I'm not perfect in all of these. Sometimes I practice one more than another, but I found that these are the practices that help me to have the internal mental resourcefulness and resilience to be able to deal with the uncertainty of change. So the first one is to unplug. Between a never-ending lineup of Zoom calls and social media hooks and news coverage and inbox overwhelm. Mental exhaustion from digital burnout is a thing. When we're going through times of change, we need more mental resource to be able to navigate uncertainty. So I try to unplug a little more when I'm navigating change. We know that excessive screen time, it can mess with our sleep. It can contribute to depression and anxiety. It can reduce empathy. It just sucks away curiosity and self-control and emotional stability. And those are all things that we need to stabilize in order to navigate these difficult times of change. So these are a few things that I've done to cope with difficulty of change and the uncertainty of the unpredictable and to unplug. My phone is on silent 99% of the time, with the rare exception of when the sons need to get in touch with me, I keep my phone on silent. At times when I feel like I'm really getting addictive to the screen, I'll turn my phone to grayscale. It is a super quick, uncomfortable cure to resolve smartphone addiction. I, and I'm also trying to be intentional as I'm moving through my day. So when I'm in a lineup, I make an effort to talk to people instead of pulling out my phone. Or when I'm with the sons, I'm intentional about only using my phone for logistics, like driving or pulling up a new recipe or checking the weather. When I'm in nature, as much as possible, my phone is not allowed to be out. I, I only read physical books. I know that it would probably make my life a lot lighter if I didn't collect physical books, but I love them so much. And it also keeps me off my screen. Technology was created to make our lives better and easier, and it does in so many ways. And also, during times of change, it can make it more difficult. And so it's up to us to use technology in a way that really enhances our life and allows us to navigate change with as much resourcefulness as possible. The next thing I love to do during times of change is to get embodied. 
Once upon a time, I focused entirely on how to create mental alignment. But in the last decade, I've been studying a lot about the body and the mind-body connection and how important it is to navigate our nervous systems, especially during times of change. So if your body is hot-wired right now into that flight, flight, freeze, fawn response, it, it doesn't really matter how strong your mind is, your body is going to override it. So when you slow down, when you send messages of safety to your body, your mind can follow. So the question here is, how can you show your body you're safe instead of telling your body you're safe? This is an incredible distinction that has made so much of a difference in my life and practice. How can you show your body you're safe instead of telling your body you're safe? Showing your body you're safe are things like warm baths and nourishing foods and belly breathing and, and hydration and cozy blankets and calm, gentle exercises and stretching and meditation or sipping tea or orienting your eyes around the room and getting really present into the moment. These embodiment practices have made such a massive difference for me when I'm navigating times of uncertainty. So do these practices during hard times and your nervous system will thank you. Your nervous system will be safe because times of uncertainty inherently feel unsafe. Trying to fill up your mind, your body, your life with as many cues of safety as possible will help you to navigate the change with less stress and more resilience. Another thing that I used to do a whole lot of, I haven't done as much, but I'm planning to do a lot more of it this week, is to dance. Put on a rocking playlist and like shake your body. Literally shake. If you inhale through your nose and release a large, loud exhale through your mouth and shake your body, it can help to release tension. It's this primal impulse to a stressful situation, and we can create it intentionally to help diffuse the stress. In therapy, sometimes clients will have something that we call neurogenic tremors to discharge that pent-up energy and release those stored emotions. And you can create this release by intentionally shaking your body, just sort of allowing your body to have a reset after some stress has settled in. Another tip that I use for navigating times of change is to be intentional about connecting with nature and humans. I try to get out for morning walks in nature. It's something that I really look forward to. And over the years, there was times where I disconnected from nature and I could feel the difference in my mental health. So when I'm making sure that I'm getting out to the mountains as much as possible or getting out for morning walks, watching the light show in the sky and, and giggling at the chippy squirrels or admiring the graceful deer with the occasional like quick coyote running by, like that makes me so happy. It allows me to drop into the present moment and allow my mind to forget about all of the difficult changes I'm navigating and just fully be present with a heart full of gratitude and a soul connected to nature. And you can do whatever you want. You don't have to run. You can walk. You can skip. You can stroll. Like whatever it is that feels right for you. Oh, connecting with nature and humans makes such a big difference. I remember once upon a time when I was navigating a really difficult change, I did this practice where I would go for a walk and I would intentionally toss out a cheery good morning to everybody that I passed. Now, some people would look at me sideways, but some people would meet me and they would smile back and they I could just tell that my morning greeting lit up their day and then that came back to me. So being intentional about connecting with nature and humans is another strategy that's worked super well. Another one is exercise. As soon as I had the hard conversation this week, the first thing I did was I went for a ride. I went to work out. I went to lift weights. I went to like sweat and remind myself that I'm strong and I can deal with this difficult thing. 
It was probably about seven or eight years ago, I was delighted to discover there was some new research that came out on how exercise can be as effective in the treatment of depression as antidepressants. And it absolutely rocked my world and was so exciting because exercise is something that is really accessible. It's available. It's something that doesn't come with a whole lot of side effects. And it is a skill that we can practice so that we can turn to it time and time again when we're navigating difficult seasons. So again, find what you enjoy. Like putting yourself through a routine that feels stressful, it's not going to be all that helpful. Find something that you love that lights you up, whether it's a cardio class or weightlifting or pole dancing or getting crazy with a kettlebell or hopping on your Peloton. Like pick what feels right for you. All that matters is that you move. The next one is rest. Ugh, during times of change, often the invitation is to ramp up because there's a lot of things to do. There's conversations to have. There's tasks to take care of. We have to make sure that we're resting. Having an extra long soap in the tub or taking a nap or making sure you're getting eight hours of sleep, doing a tea ceremony in the morning before the world wakes up, meditating, reading a book. During times of change, we tend to go into high alert and it can be exhausting. It's really easy to slip into this feeling of cerebral congestion, like we're trying to figure everything out and make a plan. But the truth is we also really need space and quiet. We need the rest and the perspective that comes from taking a break. There's a whole heap of empirical evidence that suggests that downtime replenishes the brain stores of attention and motivation. Taking those rests encourage productivity and creativity. It's so essential for getting to high levels of performance, for memories. It's, it's really needed to keep our moral compass on point, to maintain that healthy sense of self. There's a lot of really good evidence that suggests that as much as you might want to overwork during times of change, it's actually essential to be creating opportunities for rest. And as you rest, you'll be able to navigate the change more efficiently and effectively. The next thing is to keep your people and your pets close. Oh, we are wired for connection. And the more healthy connection we have during stressful times, the better we do. Getting those good doses of oxytocins is helpful for creating the sense of safety, reducing blood pressure and cortisol levels and increasing our ability to cope with pain, whether it's physical or emotional. When we're feeling a sense of connection and belonging, we feel safe. We feel loved. So cuddle up with your people and your pets like your life depends on it if you're navigating a change. And then finally, complete something. When we feel like we're facing a change that we didn't have choice over, or when we feel like the world is spinning out of control, it's important we focus on the control we do have. Find a task and take action. Create that sense of completion for yourself, that feeling of you are moving forward. Even if it's just a baby step, those baby steps matter. What is one small thing that you feel like you can bring to completion today? So these are some of my favorite tricks and tips for coping during challenging times of change. You can combine a whole bunch of them for best results. There's a lot here. So I always celebrate progress over perfection. Even now, as I'm navigating this change, I'm not doing all these things, but I'm keeping them all in mind and then making a decision every day about which ones I'm going to practice to help strengthen my sense of inner resource and my sense of resilience and knowing that I can navigate this change in a way where not only will I survive it, because I know that's true, but I want to thrive through this change. As we're riding the roller coaster of life, taking the time to manage our emotions in a healthy way, to take care of ourselves and to each other, allows us to emerge stronger than we were before. So if you're going through change, I believe in you. You've got this. And I'm with you.
I want to clarify where the To Live This Life podcast fits on your path of personal growth and where you might need some extra support. I am a registered psychologist in gorgeous Alberta, Canada. The Rocky Mountains are my backyard. I know, I'm so lucky. And after 20 years of working with some incredible humans to help them heal the past, love the present, and light up the future, I really do know how important it is to find the right support. The content created in the show is not intended as specific therapeutic advice. The intention of this podcast is to provide stories and strategies, education and resources, and hopefully a little love, but it's not a first line of treatment for times when you're experiencing psychological distress. Because this podcast is designed for a broad audience, it's not a substitute for face-to-face therapy with a local therapist or treatment from your medical professionals. As humans, we all struggle from time to time. We all have rough days. But there is a difference between a hard day and sustained mental struggle. If you feel like you're having more bad days than good days, if you are regularly distressed, please seek out professional support. Thank you for being here. Your presence matters.